I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. You guys, guess what time it is? Turtle time. And also, time to stock up for BravoCon. Whether it be the BravoCon in New York City or the BravoCon in your heart and mind. That loving, special place where you think about um, all things Dallas and OC. Just 
all day long. Okay, with BravoCon almost upon us and the holiday season just right around the corner, I guess we're kind of in it since, did I say Halloween or holiday? Regardless, it's time to get yourself some official Andy's Girls merch. <gasps> What's that you say? Hoodies? T-shirts? In the know? Special phrases? Baby onesies? Notebooks? Pillows? Other things I probably don't even know about? Baseball tees? Tote bags? Mugs? So much. And it's all really, God, better than Beverly Beach. What can I say? What a high bar. Uh, to buy Andy Squirrel's merch, which is seemingly constantly on sale. Thanks so much, T Public, for all those sweet deals. Go check out the direct link, which is on this episode's description. Holy fucking shit. It could not be easier. And so am I. Tell your friends. And by friends, I mean Chris Manzo. Okay, guys, enjoy this week's episode and your Andy's Girls merch, which Santa says is the only merch to ask for. Enjoy, and I'll see you soon in an Andy's Girls um, crew neck sweater at BravoCon. Bye-bye. I took a Fedora drug test. And I'm positive I stand for Shan. I love to stir the pot. You should try my marinara. <gasps> oh, that, that was so much better than mine. No, yours was so good and specific. Mine, I'm going to tell you, is actually I had to listen to our very first episode of Andy's Girls. Why? Because that is... I like that I'm judging you. That is that. like my default tagline for many Marinara? years is like something about like stirring the pot like you should oh. like you should see me in the kitchen or something and I went back and listened to the first Andy's Girls Club I was like did I ever use this one and then like I sort of did but it was a different show then so I don't even remember when we started doing taglines in the first episode we sort of like asked each other what our tagline would be like like you know an hour into the three hour episode so did I have one yeah but I didn't listen to yours <laughs> <laughs> what a great transition can I tell you that I like I as I was preparing to come here I was remembering so there was so much happening this week there I had yeah to, I want to vomit I was like two episodes behind in Dallas so I had to catch up on Dallas and Leanne got married and then uh, Atlanta premiered and New Jersey premiered and then OC happened and I was thinking that like a year ago I remember us having a conversation and me saying like is Housewives dying because I don't remember what was on the air but it was like New York was bad Beverly Hills was bad Atlanta season had been like really uneven and OC was a mess and Median OC was, was already bad. dead yeah. and I just remember saying like is is like is this show going are these franchises going to die soon because we're just like hitting a wall with like how many times can you watch like Sonya fall down drunk and how many times can you like watch like everyone be mad at Nini and it was like all of these things and then this week I watched and I said like wow fuck like these episodes were actually kind of like I was like I didn't play check on my phone a lot during New Jersey I watched New Jersey with my eyes on the screen. Obviously, Atlanta was perfect. And Dallas, I'm still having some issues with. We're going to get to. OC was good again. Well, I love your pre-AG review, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's Andy's Girls. 
It's episode 131-ish, OG of the AG. I forced Damien Bellino, writer, senior producer at VH1, amazing podcast host of the amazing podcast you might know her from. I essentially did not give Damien Bellino, a fellow OG of the AG, a choice, but to be here for this because I said... Essentially, Bravo is trying to kill us, and by us, I mean me, by having four franchises on air at once and two major premieres, major premieres. And I said none other than my boo, love of my life, soul sister, diva queen. Damien Bellino must be here for this. Thank to, you. Sorry to help guide me through. Sorry, sorry, I got so aggressive coming out the door. No, I love your aggressive. It's I wanna- like Kenya going, shh. In the first thirty seconds, I thought that for sure she would be not the beginning, and then they and they just opened up and embraced that she was back. All this to say, so much to discuss. Let's, so much to discuss. So I think we should dive into. There's there's a lot going on, like literally. I started just tracking the shit that was going down just off camera. There is. So there are literally 13 action items. Oh my God. Kenya on Wendy Williams, Camille on Twitter. David Bedore's ass. Oh, yeah. Monique maybe is being oh, no, I'm not shoved out it. of Potomac. No. Um, Pump Rules trailer oh, came out yesterday. Tinsley's maybe it. leaving New York for Coupon Cabin, mm-hmm. which is the worst decision she's made in a top 10 of horrific decisions. I think it's the right decision, Sarah. Like, get off television. You're not even good at it. I'm serious. I think it's a good decision. I need people to leave shows and be like, like, I wish Kenya, I love Kenya. I'm glad she's back. But it's also like she chose to be relevant on reality TV. Wait a second. The fuck are you talking about? You think that it's a good idea for Tinsley to go back to a guy who has broken up with her eight to 12 times and is doing the same thing that Mark Daly probably did to Kenya of like, we're going to have a great relationship as long as you're not on TV. And then spoiler alert, the relationship doesn't work out. I mean, who am I to say if it's not going to work out or not? But like, if you're actually going to give something a chance and someone's like, I don't want our life to be on television. That's a valid, I think that's a valid thing to bring to a relationship. I don't want to, yeah, don't we're going to, we're going to murder each other. I don't want a reality. I don't want my life to be on reality TV. I didn't sign up for that. I signed up to be in a relationship with you. Conversely, Tinsley has lived her entire adult life as someone chasing the spotlight who was at one point incredibly influential and like a genuine celebrity. If she loves this so much and this is like her passion, why wouldn't you support it? Why are you making the woman change to go to your... I think that that's a really a real reach to act like this is some man making a woman choose between her career. Kenya, it's something different because I feel like he met her and she was established as this. Tinsley was like, I want nothing more to be than to be with a man and to be married and to have a child. And now, and she's like also like the seventh banana on a reality show that was not good last season. So like, to me, it's like if, if he's like, mirror the television and I also feel like Kenya also wanted all she wanted is this thing and now she got it and she came back to the show she got a baby and now she came back okay I you, think that I we think are it, we, I'm gonna murder I you. think it is complicated when you when you're talking about the idea of putting your fucking romantic relationship on camera and saying that that's making somebody choose between their career and and like being like and that, that you should just support that like that also wraps you up into it and then suddenly you're an unpaid cast member on a television show okay well let's let's put aside let's put this aside because you're incredibly incorrect do you think that coupon cabin deserves Tinsley I don't know him I don't care like, I literally don't you know. Re- I really don't feel like I know enough You don't think about- that's a quick no? No, I don't think I know. Obviously, like, something works for them when it's not on camera. And as she said so many times, and, like, I think it's super convenient when you can be somebody, like, I, I think it's kind of badass that Bethany was like, I'm not showing my relationship, I'm leaving. I don't know that that was the only reason, but, like, she left. And I don't think that not everybody has the luxury of being able to call the shots and say, I'm not showing this part of my life. 
that like and so clearly Kenya didn't have that because they made her choose and I think that like Tinsley probably felt like they are going to continue to the women are going to continue to egg her on to talk about her relationship because that's her life I think I would feel differently if I genuinely I thought this act- was going to be a happily ever after. And I do not I, trust Scott. I do not trust him with Sarah, a you fiber don't know of him. Here's the I thing. do know here's, him. Here's we are thing. best friends. Here's the thing. I will always go hard for the relationships between the women. I will never act like I know anyone else's relationship with stuff that's happening off camera based on page six, he- page six headlines and what the other women say on camera to create story. Like, I know nothing about Scott. I know that he sent flowers. I know that they met on camera. I know that he's, like, I guess friends with Carol's ex-boyfriend. I don't know. But, like, I don't actually act like I know their relationship because I haven't seen it. Like, have I seen David and Shannon? Has I, have I seen him be yeah. terrible to her on camera? Yeah. Absolutely. Have I seen Scott ask to not, her not to call him on camera? Yes. Does that make him a bad person? I don't think so. I think it makes him a person who didn't sign up to be a reality show. He went on a date on camera and fell for the person. I feel like Scott, the shadow of Scott that I have grown to understand seems like a guy who appears to not be able to make a commitment and is constantly looking at his girlfriend partner to make the sacrifice. I have not, and I've seen him throw money and $50,000 allegedly a month, uh, hotel apartments and the use of fancy cars that have been driven from Chicago to New York for her and flowers and whatever else. I've seen him throw money at her, but not emotional or professional support. If Tinsley was an actress, it would be a different thing. She is a person who is being forced to bring him into her career. That is a thing that he's allowed to have an opinion about. I don't think that that's like fair to say that he's a bad person because Bethany said, call him. And Luann said, oh, he doesn't like want to talk to you. Like, that's not we don't know what his I feel like he is making those grand gestures because he's like, I want to be with you. I don't want to be on fucking camera. Except that I hear you, except that I don't think he really wants to be with her. But you don't know that. You know that based on a narrative that has been created by six women who are like her not real friends. I think based on the information that Tinsley herself has given us that he's been like leading her on. I think that's really strange. I think he's been leading her on because he, I, listen, I'm not defending Scott. I don't know him. I just think that like she said on the reunion, it must be nice to not have to bring your guy on camera to Bethany. That's a that's a real thing. That is a real thing. And I agree with and you. I think that is that, a real thing. Like she, if and she, she doesn't have that power. She doesn't have that power. And I feel like I kind of sad that they like didn't give Kenya that power, honestly, because I feel like Kenya got her happy ever after. And like, listen, that guy could be a total dick. And like, we're gonna see how that unfolds. But like, it is sad that some people are given that, and that like leeway, and others aren't. You I know? think that's an unfair comparison because Kenya's personal life and Kenya's role on Atlanta is much more integral than Tinsley's has ever been fair. on New York. That's fair. She like she her value comes at a cost and that cost is you need to show us more. Yes. And I think that Kenya is also like better at the show and like kind of like is has been working harder on the show. Like the, the Tinsley like Scott helped Tinsley become presence on the show which I think is also wrapped up in it. Like, that's like one of the things that people cared about was that she met him on camera. And P.S., there was an awkward moment on Watch What Happens this week. I don't remember if it was on the main part of the show when Kenya was on or on the after show, but there was a moment when a listener asked, or viewer, whatever the fuck, asked Kenya, you know, if you, would you break, would you leave the show again for Mark? And she already already did that. Yeah. And she was like, I already did that. And then Andy looked at her and was like, did you? And he said it in such a way where my like shade alert went up where I thought to myself, is he implying that she wasn't on this show? Not because of her relationship, but because of like genuine contract negotiations specific to salary. Is that what he's saying? Like there was a way in which he said it where I was like, wait a second, did I miss? 
misunderstand the narrative of why she left. I, I, I could think that it could be a combination of the two, but the way he said it, I was like, is there more to the story here? It was strange to me. Yeah. I think he was confused because I think she was saying I left because of him. And he was saying, well, did you, because you got married two weeks before we started filming her final season. Right. So the t- Oh yeah, that's true. So the I think timing. he, I think he was sort of just like, wait, did you, because you got married to him and then you came back on camera and she, I guess was, I guess she was implying part of why she didn't come back was because she was in a relationship with him and he didn't want to do it. And I think Andy was like, well, you got married and then you came right back to the show. And I think he was genuinely being like, well, did you, because I don't think he was trying to be shady, but I think he was sort of like, is that why you left? Because I thought you left because you came right back after you guys got married in an Island and ignored and like, didn't let us film it. So I think it was like a question of like, did you? Because it you just got sense. married and then you came back and filmed your last season. And I think that she was sort of like, yeah, I did leave already. But it was like, I think that that was probably part of why she, because I think she probably tried to negotiate some version of like, we'll film like two scenes with like together, but we're not going to like, he's not going to be like part of my story. And they probably were like, no, you need to show this whole thing. The fans want it. So spoiler alert, Kenya's back. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? I mean, first off, we have to just say again for the 18th time, four franchises on air at once. So is much. Like we have so much to get into. And like we two franchises, too many. We already got in a fight about a show that's not on the air. So like, let's try to keep it focused <laughs> so that people aren't listening to us for longer than an hour. Um, um, this is going to be back. a special three hour episode. Atlanta was great. Obviously, it's like a slow. It was like a slow burn, like setting up stuff. But I thought it was a good premiere. I'm very into watching Kenya and Portia be pals and be kind of in a similar place where they both have newborn daughters. And they both are at, like, weird places in their relationships. So it's, like, it's interesting to me that Kenya's starting off the season saying her relationship's bad. And I wonder what the actual timeline of her I was filming, shocked that that I came wonder up this if, early. I wonder if that was something that, like, they just got yeah, recently. After and the then fact. they tagged it on because they're going to, like, they're trying to structure that based on what footage they have. Maybe he's comes, maybe it's, like, David where it's, like, you know, like, maybe she was not on board saying it was bad in the beginning, but we're going to actually see footage that's going to indicate that it was bad. That's such a good point, because I was shocked when it started with the, like, mm-hmm. there's a rupture here, like, there's a fracture in the marriage. And I have to say, I felt oddly, like, emotional and connected with either elements or the entirety of every single franchise this week. Mm. I felt it with shit going down at Leanne's wedding. I felt it with, like, general this sort of general confusion going down in OC. I felt it with, like, everything happening in New Jersey. And I definitely felt it with Atlanta. And when I rewatched everything, because, as we know, I'm the Mother Teresa of Bravoholicism, I... Did it? Uh, Mother without, Teresa always watched an episode twice. She did. That's part of what she, in, in addition to like curing leprosy or whatever the fuck it was. Um, so I, when I was rewatching everything last night, which took 1600 hours, I found myself watching it in an order unintentionally that was connected to like how important it was to me and like how enjoyable it was. And I watched Atlanta last when I rewatched it because I was like, this was, it felt, it felt beautiful to watch. I loved the fact that it started with Kenya. I have been so 
so, so fucking excited. I remember asking the executive producer of Atlanta at that Bravo event in April, like, is Kenya going to get a full-time peach? And the producer whose name I forgot, but was like, I don't know, wait and see. And I thought I misinterpreted that and thought it was like, there's no, not a chance in hell. And when they announced that she was coming back, I was flipping out. And I honestly feel like it's already paying dividends. And I am really appreciative of the fact that Nini wasn't in a single fucking frame of the premiere. It speaks well for the season. If like, yeah. they're not because as you as I like the last time I was on and actually I got some DMs that said please stop talking um, about sad stuff but that <laughs> like the last time I was on I feel like I talked a lot about why Dallas is a problem and uh, I think in the past Jersey has been a problem and it's when and I think Beverly Hills was a problem when all of the drama and like wit is all reliant on one person I worry about New York now too it's like it becomes problematic and so Atlanta is one of the strongest ensembles I think Potomac just proved that like everybody can be a player and so like with like Dallas like everything is somehow rooted to Leanne so it's like lover or hater everything is like somehow connected to her but I feel like watching that Atlanta premiere and knowing that Nini I think Kenya basically revealed that she was suspended probably for getting physical with Portia and Candy at her Clasa party. That was what I gleaned from her interview on Wendy Williams was that Bravo was, was slapping Nini on the hand because of some sort of negotiation thing. And also because of being physical, because I had saw it was compared. Well, Say it. I thought it was compared to something that happened on love and hip hop years ago, which I can't confirm or deny was true, but someone was sort of suspended for, they were being they were being penalized for being physical, and it's the same way that Portia was penalized for being physical and became a friend of, even though she was essentially a main cast member all those years ago. So I didn't surprise me that like maybe whatever happened. Remember they said that like Nini knocked a producer's tooth out. Yeah, and she didn't deny it by the right. way because I rewatched the, that the reunion. The show really edited it to be kind to her. In she got a very in, like, gracious and then it went dark, that she did not and then deserve. the reunion sort of was like ominous of like Andy was like did you and then it was like kind of confusing about what yeah. happened but that's what I was when um, Kenya went on to Wendy Williams gave great tea about the candy is the highest paid which like isn't surprising but like I kind of did think that Nini was probably the highest yeah. paid because they probably think that she's like she sort of is she's more dynamic as like mm -hmm. a as a sound as a sound bite box than um, Candy is for sure but um, when she said that Candy gets paid most and that Nini was not in the first couple episodes and you know why. And like she said that to Wendy and she was like, is Bravo, like don't fuck with the network and they'll let you know, like, you know, they'll put you in your place. And I was like, oh, Nini was totally penalized and she probably was holding out for more money. And they were like, you're not getting more money than Candy. And also you hit a producer. So we'll, we'll just do a couple episodes without you. I feel like if they were going to penalize Nini for hitting a producer, they would have given her an honest edit during the reunion or at least in the follow up to those episodes. I Interesting. I personally took it as she was asking for a lot of money for no work and was probably refusing to film with people. And they were like, you don't want to film with people. We're not going to show you on TV. And in press interview she did something with like et online or e online or something with a vowel online and intimated you know like not intimated was explicitly saying like kenya is an important whatever and i get into it and she's doing this weird fake possible possibly fake fraudulent um storyline of like let's talk about open marriages with greg which i do not believe is real for a single second no, they're giving misdirects about candy and todd and greg and nini in that super trailer where you think that there's gonna be drama in those relationships and i think it's really not yeah i agree with you um 
but it feels like Nini is still trying to say, I'm the center peach. I'm super important. Kenya is nothing. And I am the OG. Like I carry this bitch and it's just no longer yeah, factually I mean, and true. Neither, and neither of them are center peaches, which is, I think was also letting them both know not to get too big for their britches, letting Nini know and also making Kenya know like you're not coming back and being the star. Here's the difference though between Kenya and Nini. I don't think, I think Kenya knows, especially due to her absence and probably, you know, definite, um, interest in returning ASAP I think Kenya understands that in order to be on the show you have to actually be in the show for sure and Nini still seems to think that because she started it and at one point was a genuine celebrity and star outside of the franchise and while you can still hold on to that she's no longer in the Ryan Reynolds world like not Ryan Reynolds Ryan Murphy like she I mean she is a celebrity a more a big a bigger celebrity than most of the women excited for maybe candy yes but I don't think her value is equal to the diva commands that interfere with plot she needs it now in a way that that she could have argued to the network that she didn't need it for a period and I think agree and I think Nini right now is in a fight against herself because she's refusing to admit how much she needs it and she is refusing to play the game at least when one of her rivals is also participating participating like it's going to be there's going to be a strain I think there's going to be a strange friction happening over the course of the season as Nini struggles with the fact that she maybe doesn't want to be on the show anymore or she maybe thinks she's too good for the show but still needs to continue on it I think it's a hard and a tricky place and I think that Everybody comes back, honestly. Like, I think about it constantly. Bethany's going to be back in two to three seasons. LVP is going to be back in two to three seasons. I kind of think yes. I mean, or, yeah, I kind of think yes. And it's like the best way, the best way to get somebody who becomes the new alpha is to bring back an old alpha, you know? So it's like the yeah. best the best way to get Ramona and Luann is to bring Bethany back. You know, like that's what happened last time, right? Like they were sort of running the show and th- I mean, whatever. They were sort of the, the center apples and then suddenly Bethany's back and shots are different and Heather Thompson's unraveling because they operate the same plot, the same place in the show. And, you know, so I think that I kind of do think that any alpha, any star of the show probably will end up coming back because it's a great platform for your business and it's a great way to stay relevant because I think that I don't know speaking of staying relevant I was so energized watching Atlanta I loved the fact that it started with Kenya I felt so much compassion for Portia during those moments with her gorgeous stunning supermodel mom Miss Diane and dealing with whatever the fuck is going down as she did last season, I mean, based on the first episode in the super trailer, she's giving everything so much to the show, which, I think, which I think is what Kenya is doing, too. And to see them together, truly both at a pl- totally different place. And then to see those flashbacks to them fighting, fighting and without then, the, showing the actual altercation itself. Right. Which is I have to say, I really do think Nini was penalized for 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 being physical. I'd love it if because she was. I think that Bravo, I think that all networks have been more conscious to not show contact now in the in the in the age we are in like, you know, eight. Why do you think that is? I think that they are trying to not promote violence and not trying oh, to show that's great. Show right? people, that's great. Pe- women and women of color and women mm. in general in mm-hmm. certain lights. And so, you know, it's more, isn't it more exciting when the camera goes dark and you don't know what happens? And then Candy's like, you put knocked a producer's tooth out. And Andy's like, did you? And it's like, well, Andy, you know, because you probably saw the footage. Um, so I do think that she was probably penalized for that. And I, I did notice that they didn't show the fight between 
Candy, I mean, I'm sorry, between Portia and uh, Kenya. And I thought, like, oh, that's interesting because that is such an iconic moment between them. And yeah. I think was like a true, like, that is like when something switched for Portia and she kind of became the Portia we know now, which was, you know, she kind of went through this phase and then freaking frack phase and then kind oh of God. turned around. And now she's like this, a mother. And I think she's, I think she's really the, like, she sort of is like the funny alpha of the show now, you know, like she and Candy now operate diff- the Candy stayed where she was, which is like, I'm the rich one, maybe sometimes boring, but like I commanding. Oper- commanding and rich. And I don't need to, I don't need to do, as she says in her tagline, don't check for me unless you have a check for me. It's like Candy, <laughs> which is like the best tagline. So and good. Portia is rising from the, um, you know, fri- rising like a phoenix rising and saying by ashes. It's amazing. <laughs> like literally the best taglines ever. Like they are so good. Um, but you know, I don't know. I think that it'll be interesting to see where Nini falls and like what do you think about Eva because on Watch What Happens Live someone called in and asked Joel Kim Booster who was the comedian yep. guest and they asked what he, he was so good by the way they asked what he thought and he said he loved her on Top Model but he feels like he sees her doing the work and obviously Kenya loved that because I think even though I think every I thought everyone was getting along on Atlanta aside from like Nini versus Kenya it seems like maybe everybody well, everybody's at odds again like, Nini and Cynthia are probably at, at uh, odds Kenya e- and Eva. Eva Kenya and Nini Kenya yep. and maybe Portia because she's been saying a lot of stuff about Dennis in like the press slash in her interviews but they seem good on the show I so think they're okay I don't know and maybe something with Kenya and Cynthia because of that strange dynamic that you're referencing when Eva was like I didn't bring my baby and Joel Kim Booster who again was fantastic was saying like it it you can see the wheels turning it feels like she's too make, much of a performer. I think people always make that argument about the new women it's like it's the same argument you made about Kelly Dodd and now we think she's like the golden child of OC I think honestly I, I really hate new Carrie but I think that she because I think she's we can see her working so hard, but she's also the person that's like is creating drama this season. I, I feel like new women have to challenge the alphas, and it always feels like it's so thirsty and desperate. But it's also the only way new because as we saw when Denise joined, she's not challenging anybody. She is joining and being kumbaya, and it's boring because, and that's why they're like, do you know what I'm saying? Like. You don't know. You're making. You're like. I'm giving you a face. I don't see how the way. I don't see where Denise when, connects to all of this, and I also think well, when that freshman the, women join the show. Yeah. I think sometimes people claim that they're thirsty and desperate and working too hard, a la Kelly Dodd on her first season, a la. Um, I don't think Kelly was working too hard. I think Kelly was unhinged, and that was what I was responding to. Oh. I, I didn't like the energy. I didn't I like mean, the I, manic, I, I hurtful energy. I mean, I think she still is. So I think that we have just like maybe grown accustomed to it. But to me, it's like. The people that are joining the show, like Carrie, uh, new Carrie with a K, is doing so much extra and acting like she's allowed to have opinions about relationships that she knows nothing about. Honestly, it's like I feel like that is the way plot is Jackie driven. and Jennifer a little bit on a, yeah, like a junior absolutely, version. Absolutely. Jackie and Jennifer is another great example. So I think that like to say Eva's working too hard, it doesn't feel honest. I think that I really don't think it's honest. I mean. I, I disagree. I think that I, this is going to be this is like the people's court episode. I think that I think that it does look like she, I it did. It did not make sense to me organically, naturally. I mean, she, she said, I don't really know her. her she said, I, I mean, I think it's weird, too, because it was a, someone said like Portia said it was a children's party. But I don't think she's creating plot. I think she was like, I didn't bring my kids because like this is a, a thing that's filmed and who knows what's going to go down. I will give you that. But I also think that Eva has a tendency to be extra for no reason other than that she's appearing on the show and it comes off as In a little fake. I think she just can. She can. She can be a little extra in a way that I think she's doing because she's on Housewives of Atlanta, like a housewife show. I can't even think of any drama that Just she like, started. I think aside she, from people saying that she like Marlo, Marlo stuff in, stuff in Tokyo. I think she was like a little extra. When I don't her know any moment. Died. 
Like, I don't, no, I don't, I'm like genuinely, I'm genuinely asking, like, I don't know what I think. No, I, I think feel she like, was actually upset. I think she's good at, sh- I think she's good at, I think she is shady, but I don't think that's something that anybody else says. And like, honestly, like Atlanta is the best at knowing, like they all make fun of each other in a way that like, there's like, you know, there's like the shade that's okay for the show and the shade that's like, you know, crossing the line. And I don't think she like, yeah, crossed, like I, I Marlo don't... said that she didn't have any money. And then we got to see like her react she to that. She doesn't have any money. Yeah. Which is fine. But I think that's like a great. Yeah, it's hard with Eva because I do also think that she's like a good addition, although she will probably never be my favorite because I do honestly just my gut reaction is that it comes off a little manufactured. And I, think I wouldn't that's just put, her reaction to her being a present, a reality personality already, probably. Maybe, but I don't think so. And I wouldn't put Kelly Dodd ever in that bucket because the thing with Kelly Dodd is like, if only Kelly Dodd could be a little manufactured, she'd be an easier pill to swallow. Mm. But, you know, Fair. she is reactive and explosive and that means that there are times where I'm like oh my god I don't want to watch her and then times like this season where I'm like I may not agree with her motives but this is adding a fucking fire in OC and it was one that was necessary and it's keeping things crackling so let's talk about OC do you have anything else you wanted to say about Atlanta I just feel like we have like seven we've been recording for seven hours can we (laughs) we have literally not been recording for seven hours we've been recording for six and a half okay can we just briefly say that um taglines oh yeah please Kenya Moore I was gone with the wind but now I'm back in twice is fabulous very good I give very it an good. A and A Eva Marcel am I pronouncing that right I think so okay I'm living my dreams not above my means that's I give it like a B minus a C plus yeah it's not great but she's not the star she will never be in the top she is not currently in the top tier of Atlanta housewives and I think she's getting the tagline she deserves that's fair um Portia Williams love of my life person that has had perhaps not to like you know but the person has had one of the best evolutions emotional maturity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, situations mm -hmm. yada yadas of any housewife of any franchise while keeping her humanity or perhaps growing upon it intact Portia Williams this phoenix has risen and I'm saying bye ashes but perfect a self it's referential to the show it's hilarious it makes sense if you don't know it it's real it's great I give it an A plus Portia Williams in my top five of not only one of the best housewives on TV right now or like a current housewife but also one that I find myself just feeling for in such Same. a way I, also hilarious which is like I so think so hilarious so important to housewives and some that a lot of other franchises could use 52 cent possibly 53 cent at this point the only time that I look back is to see how far I've come she has historically has the worst taglines and this is consistent with that I give it a real C minus I was unsure if she was returning to this season because she had done so much press hyping the season finale of last season and then saying shit after the finale aired and I thought to myself hey self is she doing this to save face is she doing this because she thinks this is like her last turn at bat I was surprised when she came back you and I always think that she's not gonna come back but I think that every season I don't think she's gonna come back I I agree every single season adds an element like they think she adds an element of class which like I don't totally disagree with I think she's beautiful and I think that the Nini stuff is drive is probably like the arc of the season as their relation is like the downfall of their friendship. So I think that she's probably the center of a lot of the drama. I just think that she's like not funny, you know, like and she's not like the quickest. So like and she's not sometimes her stuff feels manufactured because it's like always about like a guy. So I, but she has the worst taglines. I also have to say I got a lot of feedback to the episode of AG that happened last week, and I'll get to the New Jersey element of that when we talk about jurors. Mm -hmm. But there was a conversation that came up that I hopefully believe that I disagreed with at the moment, which is 
you're dumb if you join Housewives because you know your your relationship is destined to fail. And I fervently disagree with that opinion. And I think that 52 slash 53 cent and Mike Hill are a perfect example, at least for now, of the fact that you can show and bring like a mirror to a healthy, passionate relationship that seem is seemingly supportive of each other's partners. Now, I know that they're in early days, even though they're like IRL engaged right now, but I look at how their relationship as we are seeing it on camera. And I think to myself, this feels 100% real. This is in no way like rent a love a la, you know, Kenya in seasons past and Walter and whatever it feels real it feels devoted it feels funny and it feels like something that can last and I think that that's a really unfair I don't think I think there are dumb housewives but I think that more often than not that they're not dumb people and I think that also it's like that's a weird like like a yeah no I agree generalization yeah and also that Sometimes to an, an audience member, we may see a relationship sure. like, let's say, we'll talk about this later, but like Emily and Shane. And then we as an audience member can totally make an assessment of what this relationship mm-hmm. is and what we think it is. Mm-hmm. And then Emily can go watch what happens live and say, like, we're not getting a divorce. Like, this is how he's always been. And you don't see a different side of it. And I don't have to agree with that assessment. But I don't think she came on the show. I think some people have come on the show, like, looking for an out from their relationship. And I think other people have just seen what their relationship looks like. And they, it, they had something clicks for them where they're like, fuck. I think that... Like, Kelly Dodd may have stayed in her relationship to Michael had she not seen it play back and been like, I'm fucking unhappy. And also, like, I have all these other things going for me. I don't need to be in this. You know, like, I think there, I don't, I think that there are probably people who did seek an out and thought that having a platform like Housewives was a good way to get out. But I don't think, like, Jules signed up for the show to get out of her relationship. Which is what Bethany said, what, what she in, intimated and explicitly said. The that in- Jules came on the show to get out of her marriage? Yeah. I mean, maybe as, like, a, a refuge, but I don't think she was using it as a plot point. I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't fucking know. But I just think that, like, that's really bleak. And I think some people are really bleak, but I don't think that there's like 20,000 housewives who've gotten divorced and I don't think all of them have sought this as the opportunity to do so. I also think that that opinion, the one that we disagree with, leaves out the fact that there is an enormous value in being on this franchise specifically and being a real housewife. Absolutely. Like we all bring up Bethany's example. You mean mean being a housewife? Yeah. Being married? Well, just being on the show and people say like, well, you're dumb if you appear on the show or you're dumb if you bring your relationship on the show. And it's like, no, I think you're making an executive decision in investing, showing the world a portion of your life and hoping that that comes back with like great dividends, be it, um, you know, be it celebrity, be it money, be it whatever it is. There's fame has value and power, especially in this country. And I don't think it's a dumb idea to go on the show. I do think that if your relationship is unstable, this show can either potentially temporarily help that or just show you that it is fucking dead in the water done. But I don't think you're stupid to bring your personal life on a reality show. Now, I personally don't think I could be specifically on Real Housewives because even though, as we can see on my people's couch, I definitely have a surrounding story. But I don't, I don't know that I don't know that I I could do this specific show, but I certainly am appreciative for the people that do. It's escapist for a reason because it's not all about escapism. Right. And yeah, to play devil's advocate like you just did, I think that, you know, 
It makes people have conversations that they might not have to. It lets you see your theoretical or friends slash coworkers actually have conversations about you and you have to hear the that that opposed yeah. to not being in the them being in the lunchroom on your day off and them talking like where the fuck are you and talking shit. You know, like it lets you see things that you wouldn't normally see. It lets you hear things you wouldn't normally hear. And so I do think that any relationship, the most functional best ones are going to be challenged because you're going to see stuff and it's going to be then edited. And that's not always an easy pill to swallow. Even the best relationships have low points and bad days. So I think that, is it hard? And do I think I would sign up for it? No. But I also think that fame and fortune, you know, theoretical fortune are all are intoxicating, <laughs> intoxicating to yeah. people. And, you know, fame and relevancy, well, let's say, you know, can do a lot. So, you know, I mean, I hope that, I want. I don't want to watch every relation fall apart because that makes me sad, and I think it. Of built course, it. but you know it. But that's also why the fifty-two slash fifty-three cent and Mike Hills, like those people who are seemingly like um, Marge and um, her Joe, they like seem genuinely into each other. Melissa and Joe Gorga, I would even say, even though we pretend that they have real friction, I don't know if that how much of that is real. Like, um, this is a terrible example, but like LVP and Ken, even though that's. You know, it yeah, is, and I, it's real. It's really, really genuinely do love each other and, and do other, support each other. But then there's also, sometimes to her detriment. Absolutely, and I think there's also also other relationships that I'm like intrigued by, where I'm like, I don't quite, I don't know that like it's exactly what is presented on television, and I don't mean that as like a shady production thing. It's like I'm curious what other layers can those relationships contain. Like I think Eva and her husband, what's his name, Mike, Michael. I feel like they Sterling, yeah, Michael. I feel Sterling. like they sort of like. I feel like that's a relationship for stability. Like they wanted yeah. to settle like down and like grow up. He seems like a guy that you marry who's yes. like stable, a stable, good man who has like yep. a good degree, a good family, like a good job and like wants to do better for the community and like yeah. is a good father. Reminds me of Heather Thompson. And it's husband. sort of like the opposite of the man that she was with pr- yep. prior who like she has that like very volatile relationship yeah. with and mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. daughter's child um, father. Mm-hmm. And I similarly like Kyle and Mauricio where mm-hmm. it's like they present a super glamorous and they're both very attractive and mm-hmm. they have these beautiful kids in a beautiful house. Mm-hmm. But like I think that Kyle's really jealous and insecure about the relationship in some capacity. And I don't think we get to see any of that stuff like that's I don't know. That's my that's my perception. Interesting. You don't think so? I hadn't thought about it in that way. It doesn't mean you're wrong. Just no, I, I just about it. I think she seems really weird about her husband. And I don't think we get to see those because I think I think she probably does have the power to be like to not I mean Beverly Hills is a you whole don't think she likes it a little bit that people I think she loves that guy that the guys that well that people find him so attractive <laughs> and sexy guys. but I feel like she would not be into any sort of like storyline that was like there are rumors that Kyle that Mauricio stepped out on Kyle like I think she would literally implode oh yeah well that's not great but that also affects her family and her kids and everything else yeah but I just feel like I think like there's more to that relationship than is given the show I would like to know more about their relationship honestly well talk- and their business stuff well let's finish the business of the Atlanta Sorry. taglines no Candy's tagline don't check for me unless you got a check for me it's perfect perfect Nene leaks I'm on a spiritual journey and still traveling first class I think it's pretty bad I mean, not like the worst, it's, but it's, it's not good. It's not. It's it, Eva level. It is not great of these other taglines, but these other taglines are coming in at, at such a masterclass level. Yeah, it's a C for me. It's average. Of these. Yeah. And this is my curve. You know, Cynthia's fa- Cynthia is almost pa- is almost below average. Eva and Nini are fine. And then 
Candy, Kenya, and Portia are doing very well. Yeah, I agree with you there. I And I just have to say for the 18th time how appreciative I am that not only are you back, but that Atlanta's back. I feel like I needed that energy. I want some fun. I want some fresh. I want some, oddly enough, light, even though we know that we're going to go through a whole lot with Portia's relationship, the disillusion, and then rising again from the ashes. And with everything that's going to go down with Kenya, I think... Kenya versus Nini is going to get to a weird place. Kenya has been referencing that Nini tries to like spit at or on her. There's like some weirdness, but also I love strong, funny women and I love, appreciate and respect strong, funny black women. And I am so happy that Atlanta's back. I think we needed it. They're so smart and also so funny. So smart and so funny. Like, honestly, like so good. Just genuinely, I'm so appreciative for them. So who are we moving on to now so I can make a joke about whether they're smart and funny? Um, who do you want to move on to? Let's I talk about OC. Love. I don't know that they're funny, but I thought that this episode was particularly particularly captivating. I l- was so confused about Tamara's like, agenda in bringing <gasps> Kelly together. And Thank then, you. And then the minute they called Bronwyn, I love Kelly for like, doing that shit in the real moment and being like, I'm just going to call her now and put her on speaker. And the way Tamara was, I don't know if she was trashed or if she was like so like hot in the moment, the way she just kept being like, she's a fucking liar. She's a fucking liar. Hang up, hang up. And I was like, what? And then of course I love production and I love the flashbacks to show that honestly, (laughs) Shannon brought it up the like bar fight that Tamara told her about, which transitioned into Emily being like, well, what's going on with her and Brian? And then Bron went trying Trying to to defuse. And so weird the ending meeting i mean it felt like a again it's like i need you need i it was fun to i feel like Tamara hasn't been challenged in a little bit and it was fun to watch these women gather together and be like let's take her down and then shannon being like i need to defend my best friend and kelly being like girl she thinks you're fat right like well yeah but also like she's also like these are all all of the things like she basically said that you want to like and also how does Tamara? Tamara seems to me like a person who knows so like we were talking about um, Eva being manufactured. I don't think it's the same thing, but I think that Tamara is like so hyper aware of what she's doing. Like when she was like, I would have just told Kelly, like, you know, Vicky, like that, that Kelly said she would rather be at her funeral. Oops. And like, I think she's being cheeky and winky to the audience and doing it on purpose. And she knows she's doing it on purpose. But I just don't know how she thinks that she's going to win this argument this season. Like, she really has planted every seed of drama. She is the queen of gaslighting. And I think with Eva, it's different that Eva sometimes has manufactured, like, one-off lines and responses. But Tamara is, like, truly manufacturing and manipulating people for the purpose of plot. She is lighting the match and then running away. But I think it's happened. And she's doing it over and over and over and over again. But I would say the last two, maybe three seasons, she has being in like what I like to call is like the the right by like uh public opinion in like it was like you know Vicky and and was like the wrong person and it was like Shannon and Tamara against Vicky and then they like made up and then it was like you know Tamara and Vicky and Shannon versus like the new girls and it's like we needed to see we needed to see Vicky not be the one to vilify we needed Shannon to be like oh my gosh Tamara is pulling all the strings and talking shit about me and like Listen, I think that Tamara needs Shannon more than Shannon needs Tamara. I think that Tamara makes Shannon feel cool and sexy in a way that she hasn't felt in a long time. I think that Tamara has never, as she said on, I think Watch What Happens Live or maybe in the real show. I think I'll watch What Happens Live. She said that she never had a real friend until fucking Shannon, which is, 
I think that Tamara is one of those women who probably says, like, I don't get along with women because they're threatened by me and intimidated by me and, like, think I'm, like, like I get along with guys better. That's the kind of woman I think Tamara is. And I think that Shannon needed something from Tamara, and so they found a real bond. But I think that Tamara is... I think Tamara is going to be sad that she betrayed all these people when she and she's going to but she's going to lean on Vicky. But who she why would she be sad? What has she lost from this? She and Shannon are seemingly still BFF. It doesn't make any sense. In real time, you think they are? In real time. I mean, I was so sad. I'm like, Shannon, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, I think I was hopeful. I, I, I have to say. I think that. Tamara was trying to put everything on Bronwyn because, again, it's great to, like, let the new girls sure. eat shit. You know what I mean? Like, let them eat shit. Like, they try to cause shit and you're going to, like, make them eat shit. And she looks at her as a weakness. But I thought that Bronwyn, I was really into mm-hmm. how she handled herself. She was like, I'm put, I'm pulling, like, a lunch together and we're all going to talk about exactly what happened. And she brought Emily, who, gosh, I'm rooting for her so hard this season. Like, I just want her to be good and happy. I want her to have, like, there to be lightness to Emily. She's so sad. But I was, like, into her showing up and being, like, I remember everything. I was sober and I remember everything. I am very into the fact that it's OC and I would say Jersey as well. There are alliances where it's not, as you said, not fully focused on one person. I am very into, you know, we saw the couch positioning because Bravo released it yesterday after filming for the reunion. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember that on one side, I think, Kelly is on one side with maybe Emily and then Bronwyn and on the other side oddly enough it is Shannon next to Andy not Tamara with Tamara in the middle and then Gina on the end and I was curious about two things one why Shannon was next to Emily uh, why Shannon was next to Andy and not Tamara and I also was not like confused by it but just it reiterated to me like oh my god there is a genuine alliance and friendship and bond with Bronwyn Kelly and Emily and I appreciated it like I looked at the couches and I was like this feels even and it doesn't feel like it's way too heavily on against another person I actually sort of appreciated even though I think she's being a fucking moron with this particular situation when Gina went on watch what happens and had the balls to sit next to Karamo who I guess is the perfect person to Mm. talk about bullshit next to because he is all about it but when she's sitting next to him and she's like, you know, Tamara gets a bad rap and she's like a really good person. And she's, you know, she's such a good friend. She's been such a good friend to me. And it's like, sweetie, every single person that Tamara has turned against has said that exact thing. Like, how are you not picking up on the trend? But I but love Shana's, that you're not because Shana's this is great eating TV. eating the shit, you know? I know it doesn't make sense to me. What it's, It feels like Tamara's going to continue to stir the pot and do shitty things. And Kelly is just going to be so explosive and so reactive that it diverts attention and responsibility away from Tamara. And Tamara can use that to continue to strengthen her bond with her alliance of Shannon and Gina and Vicky whenever she's on screen. It is so crazy to me but also I'm so appreciative for it I'm I'm so and Gina and Emily not getting along I love it I have to say I'm really surprised at this season because I thought that Gina and Emily seemed like duds last season I really like Gina like I like like that she has like an east coast vibe but I didn't think she was right for the franchise and now I'm like oh I mean Emily's relationship is really hard as we talked about earlier like it's It's really hard because I watched her on Watch What Happens Live be like, we're not going to get a divorce. And I don't know that I think that's going to be the truth forever if they continue to be on, especially if they stay on the show, like that they won't eventually get a divorce because this most recent episode was like heartbreaking because she was just like, it's bad and I don't know what to do. 
and I want to be like, please. I think he's just- going to be like that Homer Simpson thing where he just like goes into the bushes so far back that he just slowly disappears. Like, I don't think they're ever going to legally get a divorce. I think he's just going to continue to disappear from being a support system for her. But anyway. Yes, but it's just an interesting, like, I, almost, like, I was going to say I want Megan King Edmonds to come back because I love her and I know that she's going through something and I like, like the role she operates because she is, I think, kind of funny and also really clever in a way so that's, smart like she holds women the women accountable and she is like I think Kelly is trying that but she, Kelly is such a hot what's the word I'm looking for like a like a firecracker yeah that it's hard sometimes to take her seriously because she is so volatile or can be so volatile and I think that I would love Megan King Edmonds to come back but also kind of feel okay with the current lineup who knows what that'll be next season like how that'll things will shake out but also I like don't mind Vicky as a friend of but I don't like this episode she was barely in and I, I don't even know if she was in it I did not flashbacks and I, I did was not like, miss her a, a little a single bit I I don't know Tamara I know you last time we recorded together you said that you are fine with her and you're enjoying her this season in a way that you didn't expect to I'm done with that but but I I don't know like is is this her last hurrah or do you think she'll never go I don't no, I was calling for her dismissal, but now I'm like, she's supplying us with a lot to think about. I mean, I also... But I, why does Shannon love her in like a battered wife kind of way? Like, why is she not... Sorry, is that a bad... Is that a... It's like, but why... Vicky did, probably enjoyed it, but... But why does she like love her in a way that she's like... She feels like Tamara's lapdog to me. I think she feels a responsibility to support Tamara in a way that is not being met with Tamara's support and loyalty. And I felt like there was a line in which Tamara and Shannon were discussing whatever with Kelly and Bronwyn. And I made a mental note to myself that I also um, wrote down so I wouldn't forget it, which is there's a difference between compassion and loyalty where Tamara says that she has more compassion than Shannon. But I think what Shannon's philosophy is like, you need to be consistent in your loyalty to friendships. And I think that is sort of a fissure in how they relate and communicate about like other people in their friend group that will probably continue to exist but Shannon still feels like she has to be loyal to Tamara and Tamara doesn't look at friendships in the same way like Tamara's pretending that she's more compassionate than Shannon towards situations that are happening and maybe there's a grain of truth there in like how you're communicating but I do think that Shannon is more loyal as a person than Tamara is and I think Shannon I think Shannon assumes that Tamara is is and she's not to anybody clearly yeah I honestly think that she's been more loyal to herself. To Vicky, in, historically, than to Shannon. Yeah, but I think she's doing that on, as a purposeful decision because for so long, Vicky has held more power than Shannon has. I think that Tamara's relationships are all entirely... Manufactured. Manufactured for the show. And I think that Shannon is the only person who has showed her what a friend can be. But I think that she's just so conditioned to, like... I really don't think that she has any friends and any women in her life that she has real friendships with. See, I actually sort of disagree with that. I think that she has real friendships. She's just also super willing to throw these women under the bus as it suits her to like stir the plot and just like come out on top. I think Tamara is a real trash can. I was just thinking about, (laughs) I'm just thinking about like her son's politics and the way she's sort of, and the way she's playing naive to that, like ignorant to like what, like, I don't know. I didn't Mm -hmm. see the stuff. I didn't Mm -hmm. see tweets. Mm -hmm. And also like someone called in and asked if she would quit the show for her daughter. And Mm -hmm. she said like, yes, absolutely. And Andy kept pushing because he knew the answer was obviously no. Um, 
I don't know. Like, that is, like, it's sort of like the same thing we were talking about Tinsley, except it's, like, the stakes are, like, a thousand fucking hundred times higher, higher. because it's your fucking child. She took a photo. Her daughter said no photos, and she took a photo at the fucking graduation. It's I like, it's, still, it's wild. with every fiber of my being, still do not understand why she posted that that photo, except to show that, to show her audience. She's trying to create a narrative about her being a good mother when I'm not sure that she is. Such a bad decision. And I think such a bad decision. Then, you know, when we watch the opening credits and it's like the partner and the children and and then with OC, it's the partner and the children. The fact that it's her husband, her her second husband. I mean, I'm not trying to like shame her for being married a second time, but it's her husband. Third husband. Third husband. Thank you. And her one son. And the fact that her none of her other children are there, it's like indicative to me about like what Tamara's deal is. Does Spencer talk to Simon? There was a point in time where she was saying Sydney didn't talk to her and Spencer didn't talk to Simon. I wonder, did Spencer and Simon repair their fracture dynamic? I'm not dynamic? sure because I don't. Who does Spencer? Who has primary custody of Spencer? Is well, he, he's eighteen. He's now. over eighteen yeah, now. Yeah, so he's yeah. in college. Yeah. I don't know. I was wondering the same thing because he was like on that one episode where like they were driving the storyline of like. Tamara's son is a Trump supporter and like her other son is like and it was filmed after his 18th birthday because he could choose for himself he didn't need Simon's permission and I was confused about yeah I was confused about where does he like how much time do they spend with Tamara or does I should say how much time does Spencer spend with Tamara how many kids does she have she has four three with Simon one Ryan who is the other kid besides Sydney Spencer Sydney Spencer and then the other one yeah I don't know who the other one is I can't remember it's the Adriana of OC. A child? Just like like a little? little? Well, I mean like a teenager. Probably with an S. Also blonde. Anyway, I don't know. It just, I have trouble. Can I, uh, changing topics about OC. There was one line I thought was so interesting that, that they decided to keep in this uh, week. Bronwyn says to Kelly, when I met you at the bar, did you think that she met like when I met you for the first time or did she met like when I met you, met up with you? I think she meant when I met up with you. Oh, I always thought it was, I, I took it at the moment. But I don't remember clocking that as anything. When so I, I'm when I heard it, it in ass. the moment, I thought like, oh, that's such an interesting line to keep in. But maybe you're right. Maybe it was meant like I met up with you in the moment. Um, because I was like, oh, aren't we pretending? I thought Kelly was on Bronwyn's entrance into the group. So I thought it was interesting that we were like leaning into the fact that oh, they probably didn't know true. each other. I mean, I look at Bronwyn and I'm like, my God, she was, I think, and I'm not saying my personal opinion about her, which I don't really have one. I find her annoying and maybe like a little pretentious, but I think it's a good cast this season. I think she was a a, a good addition and that is a heart to become a new housewife on a show that has been on for that long with this kind of like chaos I think she was a good choice and I actually also think and I can't believe I'm saying this that Gina and Emily are like seriously paying off this season I think seriously that whatever whatever OC behind the scenes they decided like in strategy and how to like cast slash yeah what their stories were yeah And somebody must have gone to bat for Emily and Gina because they're providing good story. And also I feel like – I think we saw this in Potomac where everybody – I'm just making sure this is true. I think everybody sort of has like their own thing going on. It might not be like the most powerful independent Mm -hmm. story, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know – um gina stuff with her husband emily mm-hmm. stuff with her husband mm-hmm. um shannon and like tamara's friendship i suppose mm-hmm. i don't know bronwyn has that stuff with her mom and daughter i don't really care about that it feels weird and the dark there's darkness around her daughter and then the mother there's darkness and she has like 1700 kids and i find that i continue to find that super strange and also i guess she like cheated on her husband when she brought up in an after show i don't really care. oh i, I didn't really know care. that i don't, I don't really, really care, care either um but yeah, I think like she, a while ago. I thought that this particular episode was the re, was the time that I was like, oh, this is like she handled 
the threat mm-hmm. of getting vilified mm-hmm. she was not into it and she didn't handle it where she shut down or cried or or acquiesced to whatever mm-hmm. the alpha wanted mm-hmm. she created her own like I'm gonna make a luncheon and we're all gonna talk about what's going on with Tamara and she found people that were willing to do that I think that sometimes new housewives have trouble with that because they don't know their co-workers well enough so it's like hard to be like I'm making everyone meet and we're gonna talk about this because sometimes people are like I'm not gonna go I don't want to fight Tamara you know but it was like Emily and um Kelly were clearly like yeah let's take her down or they pretend that they don't know their co-stars because they are and they are joining a pretend friend group when it's like you have assuredly watched every single season before joining the show so like you have to pretend you don't think that this person is duplicitous because you haven't had that interaction but surely you know you have some you have um you have preconceived notions because how can you not after you watch 14 seasons of a show which features a lot of these people over and over again it's also why i find bronwyn so fascinating which is giving her maybe more than she deserves yeah fascinating is not yeah i don't know about fascinating but you know when she first joined and it was like this is a new trace amigas and there was this shit with them like dancing on a table or whatever at oh, whose right. party or whatever and look how much that's changed i mean that's that's a solid that's a there's some solid plot happening i'm proud of i'm proud of oc and i'm proud that vicky is not the is yeah. not the cat is not like the hub of all the drama which i think i i will continue to repeat is like the downfall of any show is when any one housewife is the only way to create drama which i think is a great transition to talk about new jersey which like good premiere solid premiere Sorry, I'm I'm dry. <laughs> Did you have other things to say about this? No, 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 no. I'm just thinking. I I come from a place of um, complaining about New Jersey, so it like it takes me a second. It took me half of last season before I was like, oh, I'm into this, and then by the end, I was like, I am 100 into this. And then I watched the premiere, and I was like, guys, I'm into. Yeah, this. I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. La- the last two seasons. Solid. Solid the last two seasons, it has been my like. Uh, I delete delete it if I like have too many episodes. I just delete them. Like the oldest one, I clean while I watch it, or like we'll get yeah. into the shower yeah. while it's on, and I won't like into worry it. about rewinding. Into it and rewinding. I watched enough stuff. Like I watched. I you know I catch enough highlights to like know the gist, and then I usually mm-hmm. watch the reunion because it's the best. Mm-hmm. But this particular episode, I was like, oh, I think like Dallas is kind of my now is my cleaning and doing stuff, and like yeah. I don't care if I miss rest scenes. in peace, Dallas. Mm, it's hard, um, but. I think that, yeah, I thought it was a good premiere. I'm into Jennifer and I, I'm i into Jennifer because she's like operates a weird role that like we needed. She kind of operate to, took the role of like the Siggy flicker, like I'm going to be funny and ridiculous, which yeah. I hope I hope doesn't go the way of Siggy. <laughs> but like, you know, that she is she has a, she has comic timing, which I feel like um, Jersey has been in need of for many years. Mm-hmm. I thought Siggy was like the actually the first person to bring that on to that particular franchise. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like sad when we watched Siggy implode because that was like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie has stuff like she obviously has like the drama is good with the women. Uh, Teresa, there obviously is a lot of drama around her, but it's not all centered on her. I asked whose side are you on Jackie oh. v. Jennifer majority, like 60 something percent Jackie. And then I also asked whose side are you on tree versus Jackie majority of the people for Jackie 70 percent. I think Jackie. I agree with those. I don't know that I do. I, think- I honestly was like watching 
the episode, which I watched I mean, literally all, four times. Both arguments are stupid, honestly. But I think in, in like the in relation, like the stakes are low in both. But I think in the relation of that's what the arguments were in the first episode, I'm okay with it. If we're going to make comparisons about Eva and manufacturing plot, I genuinely didn't understand why Jackie was as bothered as she was by the impersonation yeah. on IG. I thought it was intended not to cyber bully her, to use her language, which yes. I thought was insane and completely yes. ridiculous. 100% agree with you and on I, this. I also agree with the fact that I understand why she would be annoyed if Jennifer was comparing it to Jackie's article about spoiled yes. children because ultimately I, I truly do not think that Jackie was in any way targeting or making fun of Jennifer's kids. She was being more objective and critical about possible parenting decisions and I if I look at spoiled children I'm not saying it's the child's fault that they're they're spoiled I think it's their parents fault for fucking up that you know like parenting job that they are allegedly supposed to be doing but I looked at Jackie's responses and I was like none of this makes sense to me like you are way too hot you're showing up at a party for someone that you seemingly hate and then you're making fun of them for not I I don't know it was weird to me I thought it was totally a manufactured argument. I thought, think that why I would side with Jackie if I had to choose between yeah. the two, if mm-hmm. I was given an Instagram poll, I was, <laughs> I would say Team Jackie because I think that Jennifer was sort of like just like if one thing we learned from Housewives, who who's queen of this? I'm trying to think of. There's somebody that's like I feel like it's like a running gag where they just oh Ramona. It's like just say sorry, you know. You can just be like I'm sorry, and like you can continue to be shitty, but just say sorry. And I felt like that was weird that like Jennifer decided to dig her heels in and be like it was a joke, Bob. I didn't even post, and it was like just be like you got caught making fun of her. Just say. I'm sorry. I was trying to be funny. I did. I know that out of con- like I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Jennifer does not care about a single other person other than herself, and that's why great housewife. She is a perfect housewife <laughs> so far to me, and I'm like perfect for New Jersey. And I was like, it's perfect. Like at first I wasn't sure, and now I'm like, okay, yeah, it works. Like her fucking talking about like being like in her fucking shapewear because she just got lipo and being like, don't touch my back was so funny to me because I was like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like season one type of housewife stuff where you're like, this stuff is caught on camera. These are people who exist. And I was like, this is a great casting. Someone did a good job. And her husband touching her back because he knew it would inflict pain. He was like, no, the butt's real, but like this hurts. And she was like, ow. (laughs) But it made me laugh. And they also like, they weirdly seem into each other. I don't know how long it'll last, but like they seem like they get each other. Like they know what their relationship is. And it seems like she's definitely been hired by him. Not only has her sister been hired by Dr. Aiden Incorporated, MD, whatever, but it seems like she has been too because all of her discussions revolving around her husband all during the premiere were like, he's amazing. He's so great. He's so wonderful. He's so perfect. And it's like they seemingly got to some sort of agreement of like she needs to be his number one cheerleader at all times. Yes, I was into that. And it, like into it for what it created and like yep. what it presents. Mm-hmm. What is her background? She's white or she's... I think she's Turkish, right? I think that's right. I think it's interesting because I like to watch... Um, I think it's. I think she's Turkish. Yeah, I like to... I like the interest idea of like sort of Italian-American was always mm-hmm. what Jersey was built mm-hmm. on. But I think when Siggy joined, it was like, oh, like... Different culture. A, a different culture, but also like how are, how are sort of these ethnic white people the same, yeah, you know? totally. And I think that like Jennifer is another element of that of like how is like this the same but different, you know? Speaking of Jennifer's family, it was so fascinating to me that we saw both of her brothers, but a huge part of last season was them going to, I think it was Turkey for her brother's wedding. Where the fuck was his bride that was moving to America? Like oh, her own little hashtag to be, coming I to America. Remember. I have to be. I, Where you was know, the bride? I Where was the him. wife? Did they already get divorced? I, I truly, I, I haven't Googled it. I haven't looked into any anything you know I'm sure radar will let you know 
I mean, and P.S., speaking of clarifying things, I said something incorrect about Jody Che, Judice, Judice's immigration, and I had a couple people reach out to me after the episode. So I am going to read a clarifying satchel from Dan in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Just a cue right away. Hi, listening to the pod now, you're usually extremely, he put in all caps, thank you so much, Dan. <laughs> you're usually extremely accurate when it comes to facts about the housewives, and I trust you to do fine journalism. I want to clear up Joe Judice. Che's immigration status. Joe was never, ever undocumented, and that's where his false sense of superiority comes from about the other people in ICE custody. Joe was a permanent resident of the United States, which is basically the same as a citizen besides voting rights, except when it comes to felonies. If you remember, Joe's license was suspended when he got caught, but he was treated normally by the law and got some slap on the wrist I don't remember. But if you do something really bad as a permanent resident, like fraud, then you run the risk of being deported and most of the time off. My bona fides are primarily that I watch all of the 90 Day Fiancés, but also that I filed my husband's USCIS paperwork, and he has been a permanent resident for oh, six years. Oh, Dan, get your gay oh, marriage hey, and your fucking... Yes. <laughs> um, sorry if you find this correction obnoxious, but I respect your reporting. Dan, that was, um, the, in fact, the perfect way to... Oh, my God. He knew his way into your heart to compliment you he, while correcting you. <laughs> I loved the little sandwich of um, uh, facts, and I appreciate that, and also... Um, you're completely right. I was incorrect in what I said last week. And that came through entirely during the premiere. If I had watched the Joe and Tree special and then the premiere, I would have understood. Mm. But I mi- completely misunderstood and, and forgot about um, his little journey. Do you think he's going to be deported? I mean, he self-deported. It doesn't... It doesn't it, bode well for his case that he's there. Yeah. I truly, with every fiber of my being, do not understand why they're not utilizing their quote unquote like celebrity value with the president of the United States I think that is completely insane and it's happening maybe because Tree is more interested in getting herself a pardon although I don't know why she's thinking that she can't get both I think it is odd but I do also think that the it does not look great right now like they're yeah, it appealing it it's does, interesting it doesn't look good and, and I kind of thought it would be like a throwaway yeah and he, Tree was at like the Italian consulate embassy, whatever this week to get some shit for Joe so that he can hopefully travel outside of Italy so that when the kids visit him, they can find a country to meet in. That's a little closer to the States than Italy is. Um, So she had to like sign over some permission for that. I don't know what's ultimately going to happen. I mean, they're, they're there right now and, and, you know, uh, seemingly production is there too, to follow this like meetup journey reunion. I think there's without a shadow of a doubt that they're getting divorced. Do I believe this whole strange plot thing this season that she's cheating on him? I honestly had seen those photos when they came out and I thought that was like, a friendly neighborhood gay. I didn't think that was someone that she was fucking, but that's just your optics that you would be like with your gay friend. You would be like with me. That's exactly what. <laughs> like your husband was ice and we were like, let's go hang out and watch, talk about house. Eight thousand percent. Um, but I don't think, I think that everyone's using the language of cheating. I think that's incorrect. I yeah. think this marriage has been dead for a while yeah. and I don't think either of them would be surprised if they were fucking somebody else. What do you think? I mean, I have to say that I cried during this week's episode when hmm. the grandfather was talking, and then Gabrielle <gasps> no, and, no. and then Gab- cries on the inside, and Gab- Gabriella got up and like hugged him. And you know, I have such a soft spot for Gabriella. She's your she, favorite. She hates the show. She I think does. she kind. I kind of think she hates her parents. And I think she's. Maybe. I think she's really smart. 
Mm. But but I also thought that well, Gia is her mother. I also thought that watching Gia and no n- no and well, I thought Gia talking and Gabriella not talking mm. made me have hope that like Melania and Adriana will hopefully like grow up to be like them. Even mm-hmm. though like uh, like Melania seems terrible, but I hope that I hope that and she's a kid. You know what I mean? So like she's just kind of but like I hope that whatever and she's acting out and god knows what she's gone through but it like made me hope that i assumed that Teresa and kids um Teresa and jo- jeff's Teresa and joe's kids would be so messed up and i'm sure they're gonna have a lot of stuff but i hope that like they like g has grown up to be such a great kid seemingly based on what i've seen on television i think it's a lot because g has had to parent herself mm-hmm. an awful lot and that means that right now she comes across as incredibly smart mm-hmm. and responsible and i just hope for her that she still has a chance because she's 18 years old to still be like a child and still have some moments where she's not looked at as the person that always has to grow you know to keep it together because i think that can ultimately fall apart i will say in melania's defense that you know the first t- couple times that i watched the episode i was like oh shut the fuck up but I know you're a kid but shut the fuck up I know I know I know it was hard to like watch that because it's like you're trying to devalue your older sister saying that she feels a lot of hurt and anger that her father is missing these chapters but I also have to say as someone that went through you know uh an enormous family tragedy when I was maybe a little bit certainly older than Melania when this whole thing started is that I remember I genuinely remember exact conversations where stuff came out of my body and I felt like I had no choice but like back it up but I said really dumb stupid shit but it was because I was angry and upset and reacting so Mm -hmm. when I was I actually didn't remember that the first time I watched the episode so I was like Melania shut the fuck up and then when I watched it again I was like oh I think I remember why (laughs) shut the fuck up because I was in not to compare myself to what they're going through but I was in a very tough situation that I shouldn't have had to go through but nobody really should have that was very traumatic traumatic for me as a kid and I think Melania you know is a ham for the camera I don't think in that moment she was thinking she was surrounded by cameras I think she has a lot of repressed anger and she is letting out that frustration against people that she probably thinks are like safe and so I think if she's like shit talking Gia she's doing it because she probably knows that Gia isn't going to like hate her for it. Maybe mm-hmm. I, that might be a little bit of a reach, but I, I do think ultimately because Gia will remain such, she's going to, what is it? Rutgers. She's going to Rutgers for a reason. She said, because it's to be near her dad, hopefully if he's allowed back, you know, to jurors. And I think it's also to keep a connection with her family, AKA her sister daughters. And I think with, having Gia there as like a guiding light and as a consistent influence, these kids are going to be okay. I really do. What do you, yeah. The no, no thing. When he said, I'm crying on the inside, when he was like, I'll be your father and your grandfather and the look on his face and PS he's in Italy right now with the family. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't know he could travel like in the health state that he's in. It's just really rough. He is, you know, regardless of who knows what they were like as parents when Teresa and Joe were kids. But this is for a guy that's going through a lot of consistent heart health setbacks. This has to be really tough. And I forget about like the collateral damage that like Teresa's dad is going through because Joe is his surrogate son. In some ways he was his 
replacement son when all things weren't great with Joe Gorga. It is. I also think it's tough. It is. And then Adriana's there and she's like, what the fuck is happening? I know she's so small and she, young and it's she sad. She looks like Portia in Kyle's kid where it's like, this child is never growing up. This kid is going to stay small yeah, and like true. cute and precious. Well, and pre- not should, precocious, but precious. I think she's going to look like Gabriella too because they showed baby pictures of Gabriella and I and um, Gia with Joe and Teresa when they were younger. And I was like, oh, maybe Adriana. Because Adriana, I thought she was going to look like Melania, but I feel like she's not growing up. And then I was like, is she going to look like Gabriella maybe? How are all of these kids stunning? Uh, Gabriella and G are beautiful. gorgeous. Um... <laughs> No, they are. I wouldn't say that if I didn't think they all look like slightly different from each other. But yes. then I look at their parents and I'm like, Gabriella doesn't look like she belongs to them. But I think that true. Adriana is going to look like her when she gets when she finally starts to age. But like Joe isn't an attractive guy to me. And I don't think that Teresa's particularly beautiful. And I, I'm not saying that in a body shaming way. I'm just saying that like it's so interesting that there are four like I, to me genuinely. I'm not fucking with you. Stunning I mean, kids. I think Gia looks just like Teresa. You do? I do. And I think that Melania will look just like them, too. She has, too. like, a normal hairline. Interesting. Maybe I mean, that's the Joe. Yeah, I mean, also, that's the Joe, Joe, Joe DNA. Interesting. Um, Sorry, yeah. I was on a tangent. But it's just, it, it is sad. And I have to say that, like, the other thing that, you know, I don't know that I would want, again, to be on camera, but the idea that your parent, mm. who is not in great health, mm. is then catering to your sister who made a serious fuck up and her mm. husband who you don't really like creates mm. an interesting dynamic to watch on television so i'll be interested to see like where joe and Teresa and by proxy melissa are this season because i don't want to just keep watching the same arguments over and over again but however i do understand if joe feels a way about about his sister's husband and also about the fact that his sister and her family are drain probably draining the last years they have with his father, who he has already a tumultuous or touch and go relationship with it. You know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. I, I totally know what you mean. I there was that moment where Melissa, where Joe and Melissa were talking about the fake cheating rumors, and I don't remember what the line was. Oh, she was saying like friends is that what we're saying like we're we're saying there was a moment where melissa said something to joe of like how are we discussing the tree rumors and i thought to myself like is she being purposefully shady and how she's oh, answering that to Probably maybe not. add like a little gray or just how she's i don't know that she's that's like clever but i i mean melissa's such an interesting i was thinking about how she's like become such an captivating character so many people say that but, i don't see it well like it's like she's grown with this show in a way where I would have said like certainly her face has changed yeah do you think that if they got rid of her it would be a loss do you think you would admit do you think or is it a way to just keep I mean we we do still have Jennifer Lopez in the culture so (laughs) I don't know how far long you know how much we're getting do but do you think that rather do you think that they keep Melissa on because it's a way to keep Joe on and then we can take that relationship. You don't want to talk about this. No, I do. I, I think you're probably right. It's one of those things where I don't know why. I don't know what this is, but I kind of enjoy shit talking Melissa Gorga, but sort of in the same way where I'm like dismissive of Cynthia's value, but like there is value there. Like I know that I appreciate as a viewer what Melissa brings to the table. And I do think she's pretty smart. I don't know what it is in me where I just like my gut reaction is like Melissa. But like when I watch her, I'm like, yeah, Melissa. All right. I want Caroline to come back because I think that they're still missing that, that, I think the only time that that will happen is if 
I mean, they found money to get tree they, leaves. I think that's uh, the only way to keep Jersey going. And then they'll give Caroline what she wants, which is a bucket filled with money, which is what she deserves. I mean, like pay the woman what she wants. Yeah, but it's sort of like, I don't know who is a better. I don't know if there's another good comparison like not, this. Not in not in Jersey. There is not. No, a but single, I, I'm saying like in another, no other in another city. I mean, maybe Tamara and Vicky, maybe kyle and lisa but kyle's not like an alpha the same way tree and caroline both are you know i think in atlanta the only comparison that kind of works for me is nini and kenya in the sense that there was a point in time when nini was looked at as necessary for atlantic to continue and i think we all realized or most of us realized that really she's not necessary if kenya's there i mean i would love to see caroline and Teresa back on a Especially, and this is the thing that's yeah. the, mo- the wildest. It's like you, I cried watching Teresa and you know Teresa talk to her kids, or rather, her kids talk to her father. But then it's like they still don't understand. Like watching that special with them and Andy, it's like they still don't feel remorse remorse for what they did, and they she still just blames him. She doesn't take any any like responsibility for what she did, and she they both seem continually continue to to seem confused and unaware of what they did and I'm like do you not have a lawyer that just gave you a canned statement because you guys both continue to James be like, Leonard you know he was in the audience I just feel like they both keep acting like they don't know what they did and why it's wrong and it's hard to feel bad I mean I feel bad for their children I don't feel bad for them because they also don't seem like they don't have remorse maybe we're not meant to feel bad for yeah them. I don't think we are I think that she's like the new Walter White I guess but I still haven't seen it oh. <laughs> but you know still haven't seen it. the fact that she tried to like say that Caroline is a rat ratted her out by predicting this in like season one is just like I think that Caroline was just hip to like your money situation you know like, yeah. I don't think she was being specific. I think she was just like, I won't be surprised if that happens. And then it did, girl. I don't even think it was specific only about the money thing. I think Caroline was like, this marriage is not as strong as you guys are pretending it is. And you're looking for an out. And the way that it will work for you professionally is to be like, I'm a single woman in charge of my life. Yada, yada. Play Dolly Parton in the background. Yeah. Nobody has. Nobody is a truth teller and has authority the way that Caroline did. You know what I mean? Like they can bring in jackie and but that's not that you know what i mean dolores is something but she's not that like she is operate a place of like it feels like she is organically connected she is smart she is likable but she's not a truth teller the way caroline is she's not not, and it's not in the moment at least yeah so there's just no that element has been missing um i mean margaret also we haven't talked about margaret at all and i think that she obviously is playing a huge role in this season and i think in a lot of ways is just as responsible as reviving the franchise as Jennifer and Jackie are if we're going to talk about violence on the show there was that little moment where they showed her hair being violently yanked and we know that that was Daniel Staub doing the yanking so there will be a moment and I think this is Daniel's last season as a friend of because they don't yeah Teresa has has decided not to continue pretending that she is fake friends with Danielle. They've everyone in the cast has followed or at one point unfollowed rather Danielle on social media. She and Marty are pretending that they're fucking or talking or whatever the fuck to try to get 
time in the spotlight and it's done like bravo for whatever fucking reason i'm gonna get hot and bothered now bravo for whatever fucking reason brought her back because they thought they needed her she served a purpose and like stirring a plot and drama and now it is time for her to go home because as we have seen from every single fucking time that danielle has been on new jersey she goes way too far and her being violent toward margaret and more importantly almost like ruining a valentino bag or whatever is just an indicator that no matter how much we can pretend to wrap her in a slightly less than shit sandwich the real daniel Staub will come out and that person is a very dark mean evil beast and what they got what they wanted they got bringing her back then it was like she was pretend or real friends with um margaret then they were arch enemies then it was like she was on team tree and now this upcoming season it's going to be about I think back to square one where it's just like she's so toxic that people can't continue to pretend to like her I and she goes too far I think I mean it's first Danielle is responsible for her own behavior but like also the network and the production company are also responsible because like they know what they're getting with her and, yes. and that's why they brought her back they want her to react they want her to throw glasses and like pull and then they hair. can pretend to be surprised can, when she goes too far right, they can slap her wrist and they but can, that's what they're paying her for exactly they brought her back for a reason and she she knows that she needs to do that stuff to create plot like, I'm not I'm like not making excuses for her. I'm just saying that like that's what she was hired to do do you think it's that wrong. she's going to BravoCon is that weird I don't know I have no idea why are you nervous about being in the same room as her? No, I, I, no. Um, she should be nervous about being in the same room as me. What? Um, no, I'm just curious because she is such a deeply odd duck that it's like, um, I'm not going to say who gives a fuck, but, um, I think that, um, I think she's probably dying to go a la she was dying to be invited to Andy's baby shower and got herself like forced in by leaking shit to page six. And it wouldn't surprise me if she did the same thing with this. But I also I really don't know. I wonder if they made some sort of rule to avoid it. You know what I mean? To say like there's just we're at capacity like with like guests so we can only have like contracted housewives not friends of. I don't know if there's other friends of that'll be there. Like if I was a desperate also ran who wanted some time in the spotlight and Bravo was like, so sorry, we don't have space for you to be considered talent and we're not going to give you a pass to attend. How else would she get in? She's not going to pay like 1200 bucks. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I mean, they're the friends of, I mean, Nini snuck Marlo into Andy's baby shower by saying that like, she was bringing a gift and the gift was Marlo who's a friend of and not full-time housewife. The friends of maybe need to be edited a little bit. You know? What do you mean? Like, I don't feel like there's just too many of them sometimes. Yeah. I think a like lot Atlanta- of people are anointed friends of when it's like, Neh. like Atlanta has Marlo forever, basically. Tanya. And, and um, Tanya, but then also Shamia still shows up constantly. And I feel like that's just like, she's real friends with Candy and real yeah, friends with. I think with- she's a friend of. I not think anymore. she was just a friend. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And then New York. No. Not really. No. Barbara, but like that's like she's Lou gone. allegedly hates Barbara again because um, she remembered that Barbara at one point said something that wasn't a glowing review. I should say this. I don't mind friends of. I mind when friends of are like main cast members. Like Vicky, it's like what is the point of making her a friend of? It was a way to punish her probably for something behind the scenes. Same with um, Camille. It's like she's 
was a friend of this past season, but when she left the reunion, it was like, well, why doesn't she just have a main seat here? Because she's the only person that has drama. And now she's coming back. And which I thought, I saw the news that she was coming back because she tweeted about it and was like, holy shit, I have been saying, as has everyone else, that this season, this upcoming season of Beverly Hills is going to be awful. And the fact that they're bringing back Camille at this point, this far into production, or even just like into production right, comes back on in december january right i don't Usually, even I, I, the, historically yes i don't know what's going to happen with timing but i also think this is a great indicator that we are fucked this upcoming season if if it is possible it's also to be worse feel very than manufactured last yeah because and, it's going to be like she's back and she's going to just start causing shit and it also feels like this was bad last season it's going to be worse this season and sort of similar to dallas if you want to watch these plot lines play out just watch when it was done either a little bit better or like a bunch better they made a mistake when they didn't need when they decided not to like they just they made a mistake where like they should have promoted camille and they should have made a new housewife come on who was her friend that is how they should have proceeded because then because then camille would have already had the organic relationships and the drama from the previous season and then she would have had a friend who was who was automatically her ally at least from the beginning and where they fell would have been part of the drama like if garcelle knew camille cool or the other woman knew you know but the fact that like now Camille's going to come in it's episode 10 and it's like Kyle, Dorit, and Erica are still not going to be talking about their relationships or their like legal troubles that they're having or that their husbands are having. Rinna is probably doing all the heavy lifting still. And then who knows? Denise is being a cool cucumber, which is like cool. It operates. As, it's a cool, interesting thing, but not for t- 17 episodes. And then Teddy is like, I, I'm. I don't care. She, she's pregnant. I don't care. Oh, I didn't even know. And I, and I literally don't care. Don't care. I feel like she should have been cut. All and in, more I feel, like all out. I feel like she should have been cut. Camille should have been hired. And then they could have had one of the new girls be friends with Camille. Completely agree with your sta- strategy a thousand percent. And I also think they tried to do that last season, except the friend of that was friends with Camille was the ghost of Lisa Vanderpump. So the person that was Camille's ally was well, right, the memory to... of something that had already happened, but they weren't filming enough on camera and it didn't work out. It was the other LVP way. Quit. They were using Camille to like. They were using LVP to bring Camille back yeah, into the show, and now that op- like that right. they, they lost, they ruined, they missed the opportunity to do the reverse, which was to have Camille bring somebody. I mean, God, if Camille brought Maloof or Taylor, I don't know if it would have been good television, but we would have respected that like there was history, you know, or yeah. Brandy for God's sake, pretend like they're friends, you know. I know how you feel, and I don't want to. We don't need to go down that road, but just like they could have used it up as an opportunity, but they, I don't know, they wouldn't give her the money. Maybe Kyle and company said they didn't want her to come back because. She was just causing shit. I mean, she was terrible last season, but also she's the only reason we had any story. Okay, speaking of story, Dallas happened. Talk to me. Um, I just really want to know, because I was thinking about this. Do you think that Leanne's vows mm. went too far when she was like, no. I grew up feeling like I didn't have a lot of love. And then it was all of the camera pans with her mom were all like these terribly awkward moments. I felt like the editing was really aggressive and I don't normally like ever comment on sort of stuff like that, but I just felt like it was pointed. It felt really pointed in a way to create a narrative that was about her mom, not loving her. And I don't know that it was that, I mean, obviously it was that deep for Leanne, but I don't think it was like at her mom. I think it was like, I had a childhood where I didn't always feel loved and I found you and I feel whatever. And that is not about the mom. It's about her husband. 
I and I didn't love. First off, if her mom really was they that really fucking were chasing late, her mom around, waiting to get fucking. They were like using yeah, her mom. I agree with you, but I also think maybe her mom is a bad sucks. person. Yeah, and maybe. the fact that she was that late to her daughter's, which is being shot for, you know that that was her I mom. I have to say, or production was like holding her back and was like, yeah. we'll, we'll make you in five. We'll make ha- you in five. I have to ask, like, I have to wonder, like, what was her like? What time was she given as her call yeah, time? That's true. You know, and how much did Le- how much did they like protect Leanne from any of that information so that like they could edit it to make mm-hmm. it look like Leanne was like I haven't heard from her and then like the niece is on the phone with her but really like production knew where the mom was and was just like making the phone call happen and making Leanne sort of unaware so that they could build a story that was like the mom was running late I mean her mom they didn't even show her mom walk in which means like her mom was positioned there with her husband in the front row so I was husband. like it said Margaret's husband she was her mom was lo- her the man next to her mom was lower thirded as her mom's husband oh yeah mm-hmm. oh missed that sorry my bad so it was just interesting like I I had I took less issue with that because I felt like that was trickery, but it was more like them ch- basically f- chasing her and getting the grumbles of Mike of her being like, I just want a photo, I just want a photo with my daughter, and then it, like and then like of course you know <laughs> of course then they got the now she's off my hands and I was like well that's production was probably like someone got a bonus probably, you know, but um yeah it was sad I mean I don't know Leanne I, I like I Leanne is. I don't know. It's going to be hard. This, If I'm going to continue watching this season, it's going to be hard. Especially, if you continue watching you know, this season. As I said, it's going to be my like jump in the shower and keep letting it play or like cook, All right. Cook You're going to be watching. You're just not going to give it 100%, which it doesn't deserve. Exactly. I'm um, okay with that, but you cannot stop watching. But I think the stuff with Carrie and the Mexican, I mean, I, stuff's going to be taken out of context, but it's not good. And I'm not, I'm not hopeful that it's going to be good. Um, she's doing over Leanne's doing overdrive on social media. But every, she, she operates from a place of overdrive, but like, can you fucking imagine? But everything is, is everything is rooted through, as we've talked about, like, yeah, it's a problem. it's like everything is through her yeah. and it's like, it's exhausting. It's like, I want, and I don't care about Stephanie and Cameron. Like Cameron is like not a human being. So it's like, I don't care about their drama. Carrie's the only person who's creating drama, but the only person she's creating drama with is with Leanne. And it's like, girl, it's like it's not fun to watch a new cast member join and then everyone just shits on the person that they're mad as a star. Like that's how I feel. It's like that's when I watch the show. I just think like Carrie has aligned herself with Deandra and then by proxy like Stephanie and and Stephanie and um Brandy are like okay cool. So the four of them are like friends and then it's like watching Leanne have like a muppet of a of a friend in Cameron and it's boring. I feel bored by it. It's like Carrie being like so you're gonna reference so you're gonna reference your like you know your trauma in your vows and it's like. Bitch, it's her fucking wedding. And like, why was Carrie? Carrie was there, obviously, because they're shooting a TV show. But I was like, the fuck are you doing there? You hate this person. Yes, it it's was just really, so stupid that you another, show up to shit on them. I have to say, the thing that made me the happiest was that Leanne didn't have Carrie uh, Duber or Stephanie or Cameron as her bridesmaids. Yeah, agree. And, and like, she didn't even have them backstage, like back agreed. with her. She had backstage. Tiffany, who's like her real yeah. best friend who was yeah, on yeah. season one and then two other women or whatever. But I was like, that felt like I felt like her That's wedding real. felt weird, weird and real. It was like she got all the free things. She didn't have real, real food. Clearly, like, that five-hour gap was probably her way of trying to work around people having to eat. Because like, it's fucking expensive. She had 350 people or something insane. So, like, it was totally a wedding for her and Rich and then for television. Do you know what I mean? It was, like, I think that it was all genuine between her and Rich. But I yes. think, like, the rest of it was, like, what can I get to make a spectacle for television? But also, I'm not fucking feeding all these people. Right. I a thousand percent agree. And I also really did love their vows. I thought it was really sweet and funny and heartfelt. And the thing that happened after with her mother having a conversation with, like, cousins or whomever the fuck where they're, like, like, yeah, she did have a shitty childhood, but she did feel love. It's like, well, I thought it's it was not really for them. And someone said, I think that like that's that was her like that that's what was she hers. said. You know, yeah, I think one of those people was the audience, where it's like that's her experience. And also, I feel like weddings at their best are supposed to be an example of like an extension of the 
path of the relationship itself. And for Leanne, a huge part of her relationship and just herself has been kind of recovering from her childhood and using her childhood. I don't mean that in a manipulative way, but like the narrative of her of her life a huge part of the trauma that she's overcome is directly related to her childhood and so it would possibly I, I cringed when she said that vow because I was like oh but also I'm not Leanne and it's entirely absolutely her right to say whatever the fuck she wants yes and I think it also like lends itself well to like this narrative that they've created this season, right? Or the storyline about Leanne using her childhood as an excuse. Like, it, yeah. it, you know what I mean? So the editing and then like Carrie's little commentary and then the, and the cuts to her mom mm-hmm. all help create that. Opposed to if we're watching a wedding and someone's like, you know, like I never knew real love until I met you is a different thing than being like, I never knew real love until I met you. Cut to my mom who I know, whoever the audience knows didn't like ha- had a complicated relationship with. Cut to my co-star who hates me and says in a confessional, oh, you're bringing it back up. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that the trickery of television annoyed me in that moment because I felt like the mom stuff, it should have felt, it kind of felt, again, it's like the ethics of this stuff. Like it felt below the belt. It was her fucking wedding day. And I don't think that her mom, it, it seems great, but I also felt like it was used to like provide more story. Do you think Dallas is going to get canceled? No, I think that the network, I think that it probably doesn't cost them that much money to make because none of those women are demanding Nene, Bethany, Lisa Vanderpump salaries. And I think that they will give it another season to see if they can like judge it. Because I think like, as we've seen with OC, like they've given it a lot of chances and I know OC is different, but I don't think they're going to throw it all in yet, especially if the second half of the season with like, the racist racism and racist allegations like oh provides like you know make engages people online with I don't know I don't know I'm having trouble as you did with Carrie like I hate her but I also am trying to remember how I felt about like Kelly Dodd where I'm like this is a person who's just like working to create the drama and is like also but I don't think she's volatile like Kelly I just think she's fucking annoying and I have to say I was thrilled when she went to dinner with her husband and was annoying as fuck. And he was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, you're always like dismissing my business. And he was like, we're at dinner. We're talking about a lot of different things. Like I was like trying to be like, is she wrong or is he wrong? And maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. You're making a face like you think. I thought it was complete. I didn't think for a, you know, I strongly dislike Carrie with a K, but I thought it was a thousand percent her husband in the wrong. Oh, I thought. Are you kidding? I thought it was editing trickery where she was like, like she was like, she was like, I want to go to, don't make me watch it. She was like, I want to go to Thailand to like work on my jewelry. And he was like, cool. And then they cut to a thing with, he said like, we should, you should go to that temple that we went to together. I thought he was making it about himself and she was like, shut the fuck up. Let me have a moment. I thought it was weird when she was like, he was like, we're talking about we're dinner. And she was just like, well, how many times have you heard you talk about your businesses? And he was like, okay. Well, oh, now- he came off as really I did like, not- demanding, aggressive-ish to me. I didn't love it. I but- felt like she was working really hard to pretend like she has a jewelry business and, yeah, that's and was, a mad, thousand percent that, and was mad that he didn't play into it i wonder what the price point is for that weird dumb bead jewelry can that i also say that I, so stupid i was also sort of charmed by deandra and her husband having like iron chopped yeah i was kind of charmed by it i thought it was kind of cute i thought it was so pathetic but like i thought it was cute because i want to fuck um yeah me too jeremy i'm like happy that she found War him it gives me hope that i got a man dan and hk is married so maybe i can <laughs> be too <laughs> Um, I thought it was kind of sad where it's like we know where everybody else is so let's make up a contest it was probably on a different night they probably just edited it they probably just (laughs) 45 minutes ago Dallas is annoying and also I never comment like I never think that much about like how things are edited but I felt it about Carrie's husband I felt it about bad sign I felt it about Leanne and her mom and I and like the the stuff with um because they were pushing so hard the Deandra and husband 
Jeremy eating like during the wedding. I was like, is this, it feels like they're really trying to like, let us know this is what they're doing. But like, also he's probably so good in bed. Oh my God. Yes, Sorry. for sure. Deandra's top definitely terrible. So I'm happy for her. <laughs> um yeah i don't a know different laugh just came out of my mind i hope that i hope this season i don't know the preview for next episode where deandra's dressed like her mom and then is so drunk and like leanne and also also felt really interested about the brandy storyline like her fam, her actual personal storyline about the adopting the other kid because it felt real but like the way her daughter talked to her i don't know how you restrain yourself on because i watched all of i caught up on everything last night i feeling like I watched everything, and so it's like I watched the way she talked to her, her daughter talked to her and the way that Brandy sort of just was like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And then I watched the way Gina's son was acting, and then they got in the car, and she was like, you will not do that. <laughs> and I was like, I – Yeah, there needs to be some Gina in Dallas. Yeah, well, I thought that I was just like, I don't know how I would react if my kid was really pushing my buttons on camera, and I'm trying to, like, be – like, I don't want to show myself be aggressive with a child because you know how that's going to be – could come across. But also, like – Sometimes kids need discipline and Brandy's daughter fucking hates her. And I don't, I don't think another child, like as her son, um, son, as her husband said, like Brooklyn is not listening to you and not scared of you. And I'm not sure like what another kid is going to do to the mix. But I also understand where Brandy's coming from, which is like this woman is having another child and like we already have one of the children. So like, should we just have the other? Because at this point, one baby is like, you know, as my mom always said, like having one is just what's two, what's another one? (laughs) Literally, my mom would say that. How many siblings do you have? Five. Five. Um, yeah, I think that is, for lack of a better term, rough, tough stuff with um, the Gingers. And I think her daughter needs serious discipline. I don't know that you need to be smacked across the face, which is how my father was raised as an Italian Catholic and yeah. yada yada. I think parenting has changed in our generation, but for sure you don't need to have, but I think that that's- you don't need to be scared of your parents from like a physical violence perspective, but you also need to really genuinely enforce respect. Cause if you're not going to do it now, you are going to, there's different forms of creating spoiled children. And one of them is like not providing structure and, a part of that is like, you cannot fucking disrespect me in that way. Something will be taken away from you. Like that's not what's her daughter is acting out. And sometimes that acting out is like calling out for like, a, like maybe subconsciously. Absolutely. And absolutely. it's not happening. Her mom is not giving her what she's, so, it's like fucking um, like curtain whole, cuff, curtain cuff. Right. Yeah. Lynn Curtin and her. I mean, it's like terribly her, tragic her, kids. The, it's like the husband said, you know, I, I he was the oldest of four children and he constantly saw his mom with babies and like not having time for him. I think that's valid. Like, I think that like Brooklyn yeah. is reacting probably. That's exactly right. That's a to, good point. I didn't think about to that. To maybe the cameras, mm-hmm. but also. Mom. Also mom and mom not being present. And also maybe all of that stuff plus being on camera. You know what I mean? It's like. I'm and at, hormones. I'm acting out. Which young. Yeah, for sure. All of those things. It's hard. I also don't envy being in Brandy's position of like having to discipline your pre preteen who is giving you major attitude while you're on camera because as like as you're as like you're having marital problems like people can come out of marital problems but like on reality tv it seems like marital problems just turn into divorce because or disillusion because you can't get rid of the narrative because you can't get rid of the narrative the public opinion of that marriage then is always that it's doomed or that it's wrong or that you're settled for less or that that like he just films less now and we don't see it whatever the things are you know and so i think like how do you deal with being a parent and you're being and challenged i mean god i give my parents hell i'm sure when i was a teen i wouldn't want 
to like be on camera and have to look back at that and be like, oh my I God. I was a nightmare until maybe an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> that might still be um, ongoing. But I don't know. I hope Dallas this week was okay. I just, I don't know. It's hard for me right now. I don't think it's a great season. It's genuinely a they not really good season. They really need another they need other avenue that women need to fight without land like they need to be if, if you take one person out you still need to know how, that there are other conflicts that exist and like whatever cameron is pushing with stephanie is not legit to me yeah i think that there's going to be some really serious conversations at rhod hq but don't you think that when they go to thailand and the rest of the season is all just going to be centered around leanne leanne's drama with carry basically yeah i think oh well from the and everyone's just gonna align themselves the with carry because they don't want to be on the other side of that i really it's like i almost like don't care enough to think about it but yeah i think that the racist quote-unquote racist shit is going to be a huge part of it and then like i don't know what the fuck else i've just wanted to be done i feel like it's it's diluting the dallas brand i how many people did we tell to absolutely watch dallas absolutely watch dallas now i'm like fuck watch the second and third season this is season four right skip mm-hmm. this one like it's not to say you should ever skip at least when a franchise is like really up and, Honestly, up and fla- running, but this is not good. Help. Flashbacks help. A this lot. is not, it's not good. It's not good for anybody. And I put ourselves in that bucket because we know this franchise can be good. And this is not a great example for anybody. And I don't know what's going to happen with the future of the franchise. I really don't. I love Stephanie so much. I want her to have a platform and I just don't know what's going to happen. It's no Potomac. Nothing could be. truly nothing could be um i mean and who knows what's going on with monique on potomac i really don't know do you think it's true that the women are refusing to film with her because she got physical with candace i think it's true i think it's i think it could be true i i I don't know i i don't know what to think just demote her as a friend of and move on and listen i don't demote her monique is fucking amazing well i'm just saying if the network needs to discipline her uh, because of her being physical then make her a friend of but I still need her on the show I don't need them to I mean I think and the other thing don't is, become a producer I also cast th- members. I also think that they fast-tracked Potomac probably because it got such a, it got good ratings and good um reception this yeah. last season and they wanted to keep it all going and I think that they already they already took the photos so like at this point I'm sure that those contracts are like so I think that demoting oh, somebody at this point would be like complicated but I don't know I mean at this point I I don't know how far they are in filming that like if, if Monique could actually like get phased out or. Well, when does photo taking, I know I don't pay attention to any of this. When does photo taking take place in the context of the production schedule closer to the end? I don't think they're entirely done. They couldn't no, be no, done. No, 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 no. I don't think they're done. They're just like in a healthy, like. I don't, I think that they're in. Deep fl- in. Because I, as far as I know, I mean, has Beverly Hills done that? I don't know. I don't care enough to honestly even think about it. I really don't. I don't pay attention to people tell me and I know I've said this to you before I really truly don't pay attention to ratings like true data and I genuinely am surprised every time uh, with the production schedule even though I know that like uh, because people tell me or remind me that like x happens in winter x happens in spring I really genuinely don't remember that stuff yeah I don't know I don't know I I think that based on the past that it would be that next would be Beverly Hills and then after that would be Potomac totally but who knows what's gonna happen especially if like reverse is happening speaking of who knows what's gonna happen you guys BravoCon next week can't believe it um such a thrill such an honor to be one of the um bravo quote-unquote influencers um to be included in programming so ags if you're going to bravo con slend my dms and come say hi to me i'm gonna be there the full time all three days 
So, um, would love to meet y'all in person. Come up, connect. BravoCon merch. I cannot believe it, but an item that I have been working on for seemingly forever is on the T Public um, AG merch site slash store, and it is fucking unbelievable. I may be wearing it at BravoCon myself because I truly stand. Um, so, if you go to my social media at uh, Dame Galley and um, Twitter at Sarah Galley, you can see some of those pics. Um, AG merch. 35% off for the next uh, couple days. So hop on it. I think like the next two days. Um, and you know, that shirt says I do support other people with a list of some of the most well-known housewife um, empires businesses. Uh, so I'm I, obsessed with it. Yeah. It's like pretty fucking amazing. So um, guys come see, say hi to me, come to the panel that I maybe am seeing. <laughs> which is very exciting. Uh, I think it's on Friday. I should know that information. Um, My bad. Uh, It's going to be kind of bananas, as was this episode. Damien Bellino... We started believe. fighting two seconds in and I'm, I just like can't stop myself from staring at you and like smiling because I love kicking with you and yelling at you. There's nobody I'd rather scream at than you. I can't believe how much we recorded. I did we so record even for a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We did. Oh, my God. Oh, Thank you 40. for being here this all this time. Please follow <laughs> me on social media at Damian Bellino. Um, and we are going to do a different kind of photo that we're going to post after this. A Ooh. fun, fun new environment photo because we were just in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, mer- link to buy merch um, on the episode info for this episode. Tell us your thoughts and feels. Follow us on social. I'm going to be doing a lot of social media post from BravoCon. So if you're not following me, especially on Instagram, which most of you are not, now is the time to do it. Um, tons of polls. And um, uh, last question. Did you find yourself personally attracted to David Bador's Naked Ass? No. I was one of four that <laughs> would vote yes on that. So um, thank you for being so nakedly honest on this um, it was a real pleasure. It was a real pleasure. OGs of the AG signing off. And you guys will speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.